We're going to shift a little bit from last week's topic, actually the last two weeks' topics. We've been talking about how Christ restored things and how he, uh, he always took something that needed some repair, uh, physically, or emotionally, spiritually, however it was, and, and he, he turned it for, for something uh, into something that it could be or something that it had been previously. I used to work in a company, appropriately named Fire and Water Damage Restoration. Uh, and uh, so, so my job uh, was to, well, we, first thing that happens is uh, you do a board up. That's the first thing that happens. Uh, you have a fire, something happens, slap plywood all over the, the place, and, and, uh, and then we come back a couple days later. When we come back, uh, the next step that happens is uh, you have an insurance adjuster, if you have an insurance, and you have what's called a public adjuster. Uh, and, and so the insurance that you've paid for is trying to not give you uh, money for stuff that you've paid for coverage. That's their job, is to not provide the service that you've paid for, uh, which is funny how that works. And the public adjuster is the guy who legally, though you haven't paid him, is actually trying to make sure that the insurance pays what the contract says that they're supposed to pay for. And so they fight and argue over about what they're going to cover in the house. And once that comes, what, what they, they, they figure out that, uh, then, then we go back into the house. Uh, and, then, and then comes the next step, which is, okay, we, we throw this stuff away, and, and the, the, the process of restoring the home to what it approximately looked like prior to uh, begins. But things are left in quite a state, as you can imagine. Uh, the, when, when nature does what nature does, it's not, it, it, it doesn't leave a pretty sight, uh, usually. Those, those forces are pretty destructive. And, and so um, we, we would go in and we'd take off the boards and everything and we, we see evidence of the, the other destructive force of nature, which is fire, uh, fire personnel. Uh, every once in a while you see, you see people, it's like, now that didn't need to be broken, I'm pretty sure, but it's like, <laughs> see, he knows what I'm talking about. There are some people in that that just like, well, this is getting replaced anyway, so I'm just going to have fun. Um, <laughs> but in that process, when the people come back in and see stuff, that's not replaceable by insurance. Right now is a different aspect of what they're looking at, and they're trying to look at what can be salvaged. What can be salvaged out of this situation? I, I can't throw this away. It's never going to look like what it looked like before. You have old photos with smoke damage, and you, you can't clean that up. But but it's still sentimental or, or something. So so you're trying to salvage what what can be salvaged. And uh, because there's still a uh, value attached to it, what can be salvaged? And, and that's one of the things that Jesus did. It, it will never, there are some things, and, and we're going to look at something, they might not ever be the same as what they were, but they still can be salvaged. Uh, some things can be salvaged, and they're not too, too worse for the wear. And we're going to look at some instances of both. 
Two scenarios from, from as opposite of a source as we possibly can. So let's start in John chapter 2. In John chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour's not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there was six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews. That means they washed their feet in them, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that had been turned to wine, they did not know where it came from. But the servants who took the water knew where that came from. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to them, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then they bring out the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. And this is the beginning of the signs that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and the disciples believed in him. Now, this is kind of the one miracle in all of the miracles that we kind of think, well, Jesus was just doing a tune-up, you know, just see what, what he could do, uh, turning water to wine. I mean, it's neat, but, you know, like, not sure if I'm going to be ready for the big raising people from the dead ones yet. We'll start off small. We'll just turn water and just change some, some elements around here. What was Jesus doing? What, what significance? I mean, when, when you raise somebody from the dead or cast out a demon, that's pretty big. You can see some of the things that, that Jesus is restoring and, and doing. And what in the world does this have to do with salvaging something? Now, as we said, our attention gets drawn to so many things when we, when we read these stories. Uh, probably the one area that, that gets drawn to the most is, is Mary and inserting herself into the picture and how Jesus deals with that. And no, Jesus calling her woman was not a, a term of disrespect, not like, hey, old lady. Uh, that, that's not the, that, this was a term of respect. It was like, ma'am. Uh, he addresses her very respectfully in their culture. He says, ma'am, um, I need to politely tell you that this is my ministry, um, and, and, and I'm not going to be taking orders from you from this point. But uh, why does Jesus <clears throat> perform this miracle? I, I Part of me wonders if Jesus was getting ready to do this anyway, and, and maybe Mary kind of has a sense of intuition, and, and they're all on the same wavelength, and, and she kind of jumped the gun and didn't let Jesus do that. And if, if that's the case, you know, that kind of steals the thunder a little bit from, from Jesus. But I believe that everything that Jesus did had a real benefit. I start from that premise. This, this wasn't just a kind of a, a tune-up, just kind of a, a practice run at, at doing miracles. And it might seem to have less significance, but, but I don't believe... We, we've seen Jesus do some things that maybe look less significant physically. I mean, healing a person with an edema is not as significant as, you know, say, raising a, uh, a paraplegic. 
and, and, and then letting him walk again. Those are different levels of, of comfort that you're alleviating. But spiritually, this was something significant he did as well. <clears throat> there are two ceremonies, and, and by language we don't know which one this is, uh, for a wedding. And this is called a wedding. Which one is it? There are two wedding ceremonies in Jewish culture at this point in time. Uh, most of the parables of Jesus center around the second one. Well, here's the order of events. So there's actual a, a wedding ceremony hosted by the bride and the bride's family. Uh, that is when the marriage technically starts. They're not living together at that point. So most of the marriages were arranged by the, the parents uh, still. And, and so the, the, the man would go to the bride's, everybody would go over to the bride's parents' house, and the wedding ceremony took place, right? the first wedding ceremony. And, uh, and the contract, vows were made, contracts signed, or however that, that looked, it was a formal contract between the parents, I, I, I assume. Then the groom left, no wifey, groom by himself. There's not much of a honeymoon there. And so, so he goes and he prepares a place. Remember the story? I, I go to prepare a place for you, of course, and so that's taken from this idea. He goes, takes about a year, he gets set up. He's, he's been trained, he's been uh, probably a young 16-year-old kid, typically, uh, maybe a little older. Uh, sometimes older men married a younger girl, whatever. And, 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 but he sets up shop. When he's ready, he makes his return. Remember the story of, of the, the virgins out there waiting? And, and not always known exactly when he was going to come back. And when he comes back, he makes a procession through the town. And, and, and it picks up people as it gets going. And it's like a big parade. right? And, 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 and as the whole town comes out. If you've watched Fiddler on the Roof, you've seen a Jewish wedding. And the whole procession is going down. And they're going to go. And they go now to the groom's house. He picks up the woman, like the last bit, picks her up, and then they go to the groom's house for the big feast. And that's what most of the parables of Jesus center on when he's talking about parables of, of Christ's return and, and, and the Father and, and being in heaven. And, and this is the final wedding. Now, there's only one word in Greek because the, the Greeks don't have this custom. So, so, so they don't have this idea so they just got one word. So it's impossible for us to read this and know which one it is. I, I believe that it's likely the first one. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that. Uh, <clears throat> as we go in here, what he's salvaging, or potentially salvaging, we are familiar with some of the questions about marriage posed to Jesus. Matthew chapter 5. They come to him, testing him, say, Can a man divorce his wife for any reason? Remember, male-dominated society, males get to do that. But women couldn't do that yet. That's coming. But, um, but, but at this point, it was, a, it was a male thing. And we've talked about how... How, how this affects a society, that the, the men just could run off and, and like, I, I want a new one. 
And, and that's that. And what that does to a society, what that does to the children, uh, the effects of that. And because it's a largely parent thing, parents drove that decision a lot of times. Reputation. And public humiliation is a big deal. Formal ceremonies are a big deal. I, I, we, don't, we don't get this like, okay, so you're at the reception and something goes wrong. What, what's the deal? Let me enter into this one more facet. Is that to marry a bride, a dowry was paid by the husband's or the groom's father. So you're at a wedding and, and you expect your son to be honored. Right? You expect your son to be honored and, and things aren't... Like, like, are you skimping on stuff? What's the deal? What happened to that nice dowry? We, what, did you, you hop that away for something? <laughs> Where did that go to? You can't even afford enough stuff. And all of a sudden, you have the male's side of things being very offended. You have a wedding that might not make it a couple of hours in other words, and get annulled by the parents, not by the groom. He was probably in love. Well, oh, you know, we know what grooms are like on their wedding day. It's stupid. And he just, oh, I'm so loved. And the parents are like, this ain't going anywhere because I said so. They're not going to disrespect me like that. I, I can see that type of situation happening in a culture that is very much about public perception and very much about procedures and, and how things go. Maybe that's not our culture. It's very difficult to explain it and, and get into that culture. But it's very important to them. Right or wrong, it's very, right to, it's very important to them. And so Jesus does the first thing. At the very minimum, he salvages a very awkward situation. We've run out of stuff. We didn't, we didn't plan on this many people or whatever. At the very minimum, that's what he salvages. And possibly salvages a wedding, that, a marriage that's about to die before it even gets a chance to start. Again, I don't think Jesus does little tricks. I think there's a significant reason. I think there's a lot of things happening in this story that we don't know. Jesus salvages things. And to, to begin his to begin his ministry salvaging family. When that was what he was about. We've seen marriages and family come under assault in our society. Oh, and we notice what's available in the news. Oh, the recent news especially, right? Sometimes good, sometimes bad. We, we notice stories. This year, USA Today nominated a man for Woman of the Year. Yeah, did you know that? A lawyer by the name of Richard Levine. 
just won the Woman of the Year Award, USA Today. We've, we've seen uh, Amazon and Uber and Levi's come out this, this last couple of weeks and say, oh, don't don't worry about don't worry about the Supreme Court. We'll pay. Should things go sideways, we'll pay our employees money to make sure they can get to a a state where abortions are still available. We have video leaks of employees at Disney saying they put homosexual agenda related stuff in every movie they possibly can. True story. We noticed that stuff. It's big news. Headline. But before culture accepted these things, long before culture accepted these things, we accepted other things that did major damage to the family. Malachi chapter 2. <clears throat> Malachi chapter 2. Verse 16, the Lord, of, the Lord God of Israel says, I hate divorce. It covers one's garments with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you deal, do not deal treacherously. Now, I don't know what that means when he says that it covers your garments with violence. I don't know if he's talking metaphorically, that it's spiritually violent to people. Or if he's talking about the consequences that we've talked about, the societal consequences naturally that come from broken marriages that, that children are raised with. Both are true. Both could be equally what he's, he's referencing. But this did damage long before Disney ever thought of anything. This was doing damage hundreds of years before Christ even came. And God has simple answers that do not require me to turn water to wine to help a marriage. People, you'll listen, you'll hear when family situations around you are going the wrong direction. People will give you clues. That is not an opportunity to close your mouth. That's an opportunity to offer something of assistance to salvage what can be salvaged. Guy talking about his nagging wife. Hear that. Hear that. 
whatever the complaints are around you, that that those are clues. Someone's someone's giving you a sign. There's a problem, and I'm I'm looking for some assistance. So 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 let's subtract the miracle of wine and water that that we're drawn to, and 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 people drinking water that was you know just washed somebody's feet. Let's let's take that out and see what Jesus did. Let's look at the second one that he salvages. We get, as I say, we're going to go to the exact opposite end of the spectrum. We go from a from a wedding and the, the beautiful purity of a wedding, and we go all the way over to John chapter eight. And verse 1 through 11. It says, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came again to the temple and the people came to him and he sat down and taught them and the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the middle of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. And Moses and the law commanded that she be stolen. What do you say? And they said, testing him so that they could have something to accuse him of. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he was not hearing them. And when they continued asking him, he got up and said to them, Who without you is among, uh, who among you is without sin? Let him throw the first stone. Again he stepped down and wrote on the ground, and those who heard it being convic- convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest now to the youngest. And Jesus was left alone. Standing alone, uh, standing in the midst, and when Jesus had raised himself up again and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, "Woman, where are those accusers? Has no one condemned you?" She said, "No one, Lord." And Jesus said to her, "Well, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more." And Jesus spoke to them again, saying, "I am the light of the world. He who walks in me should not walk in darkness." And so he begins the lesson. That we start to pay attention to the things that Jesus said. And, and our attention is drawn to, I wonder what he wrote. Right? We love to figure out what he wrote. Those interesting details. No miracle has been done. But something amazing happened because everyone took off. And culture has changed. What this woman was guilty of is hardly an afterthought in our society. I remember when this behavior was an immediate elimination for political futures. Not now. Not now. That's where our society has come to. You involved in this kind of stuff? We have apps uh, available to download on your phone to where you can even arrange for any flavor of breaking your wedding vows. Just for that. 
We've come a long way, baby. I assume we are now well beyond Paul Simon's 50 ways to leave your lover. Immorality is encouraged. We had a girl who became a Christian when we were in Ukraine. And her mother was disappointed because when she became a Christian, um, she started dressing modestly. Her mother didn't like that. She, she didn't know how she was going to get a guy to marry as she, she wore longer skirts. You're a mother! For crying out loud! That was a bizarre concept to me. A mother who was upset that her daughter dressed modestly. <laughs> Isaiah says, Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. And then exchange darkness for light and light for darkness and bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those. That, and we, we live in a society that is... that. We, we live in a society that criticized the vice president because he honored his wife by refusing to even go to lunch with a, another woman in a one-on-one -on -one setting. That was just a vile thing to do. It's like That's calling good evil. That's, that's the definition. While upholding all these other things. I cannot restore everything. Guess what? Jesus, as creator of the universe, could not restore everything. There are things, results of this woman's decision, that Jesus can't restore. Likely there was a divorce. She's committing adultery. One thing that Jesus said in Matthew 5, when, the, when they asked him that question, it's like, eh, eh. Says same thing in 19, chapter Matthew 19. Same thing. There are some things which God says, listen, we're going to have to tolerate divorce for this. She's broken vows. Or he's broken vows, whoever. God says, that's the exception to the rule. There are some things that can't be salvaged, and, and, and a marriage can't always be salvaged. That happens. Not ideal. You can't go back always and put the marriage back together the way it was, and it was when it was all nice and clean back in, in, in Cana, <laughs> and, and every every the bride is in white, and everything was wonderful, and it was all just perfect. That's the perfect picture, but this has gone past that, and so we've gone from trying to restore the situation back to perfect. And Jesus says, I'm going to salvage what I can out of this situation. We don't have to throw her away. She's still a valuable human being. What about her family? What about kids? Sorry, this is a culture that doesn't have maternal rights. Unless the father was one of those that didn't care about his kids, she didn't have custody. 
What of her reputation? That might be a long time coming. That might never be back there. We might not be able to restore that. But any rehab of that is going to take a long time. Maybe it would get mostly back. I don't know. When we can't restore, we salvage what we can. Christ sends her away forgiven. Christ sends her away with respect, self-respect. Nothing else. Listen, I am the creator of the universe. I'm the one who wrote those rules. (laughs) And I'm not condemning you. You have that. She has that. God of the universe treats her and speaks to her with respect. That's something. Though she doesn't deserve it. And so Jesus is salvaging her self-worth. Who she is as a person, who she is in relationship to God. Which is the most important thing. And we live in a, in a culture where people have thrown that away. in so many different ways. They treat themselves as, as no value and, and maybe many here have been in a place where we've treated ourselves less than what God made us to be. I would say one, about 100% of us here probably have treated ourselves with less respect than God made us to treat ourselves with. God says you can sell still salvage self-worth understanding where it comes from that it doesn't come through all these other things again we've got to listen for the clues and we've got to observe behavior some people aren't going to want your input (laughs) but guess what that's what we are here for we are here to salvage But you can tell when people are discontent with their own decisions. You can tell. When people are beaten down by their own lifestyle choices. When people do have no self-respect. And these two situations illustrate what Jesus was about. In two, as I say, two completely opposite moments. As, as pure and wonderful as things can be, and as, as low down as things can get. And in all points in between, God is still looking to salvage the society around us. He does not look at the world around us because a lot of the things that we do, the technology is different, as I say but it's still really stuff that he was dealing with back then. And Jesus was still salvaging society then. He can still do it now. 
He can still look at, listen, you're, you're not going to be like you were 20 years ago. I can't get you back there. But I can get you where you need to be with God right now.